My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script. I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it. I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot. I even got a famous classic case of writer's block. Get it out of my head. Get it out of my head. Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I am the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. But actually, today I'm not here at On the Page. I am at the Cartagena International Film Festival, where I get the honor and privilege of working with young producers at their infant stages on their projects so that they can pitch to an industry crowd make, made up of international big wigs. And uh, I'm here right now uh, talking with a local big wig. And <laughs> can you tell me what your name is? Okay, uh, my name is Sandra Pineda. I work in cinema business in Colombia for 20 years now. And now I'm working as a distributor and exhibitor. And I'm here as you, as a local uh, expert, expert mentor. mentor in uh, the Producers Encounter. So, hi! Hi! <laughs> hi, tell me about distributing in Colombia. What makes it unique? It's uh, unique because our audiences are really special, right? We love um, foreign movies as a Hollywood movies, but uh, in between action as a genre, and um, here is very good and works very good uh, terror movies. Oh, really? Why terror movies? Um, everything, you know. Uh huh. As um, The Conjuring or Annabelle or things more elaborated as zombies, as Resident Evil. Oh, so horror movies. Uh, yeah, but these horror movies are terror movies. So like psychological thrillers and horrors together. You love, yeah. you love that kind of yeah. stuff. And action, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously as a rest of the world, um, hero movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> as Avengers or X-Men or now Logan. Logan is a huge success here this weekend. Why do you think that this translates globally, these kind of, of genres? I think because the histories are, are easy to understand. Because here... Just now, that kind of hero stories or Marvel have just small uh, fans mm -hmm. from the comic, but uh, everyone wants to see uh, that movies. So I think it's because the history is, is great for them and easy to understand, probably. It's not something so elaborated and, you know, you go to the movies to get fun, right? Yeah. So that kind of stories works very well. And from Colombian movies, depends, as you as notice uh, those days. Um, so we're talking now local movies. Local movies, Colombian movies. It works very well comedy. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that's it. Well, I think I understand why comedy works so well because also the budgets are smaller, the government funding is less, so you got to make something that people respond to on a small budget, and sometimes that's just interpersonal relationships, right, and making each other laugh. Yeah, yeah but people say I prefer uh, go to movies and get fun. Uh huh. And now go to movies and get uh, sad and or. Um, tried with uh, some histories that it's a war or drugs or things like uh, we live uh-huh. since a lot of time. So that's a huge difference between comedy, Colombian movies, mm-hmm. and I don't know how they find it, independent or mm-hmm. more artistic Colombian movies, mm-hmm. but happened the same thing in the huge Hollywood movies. I mean, Avengers one thing, and I don't know, Ted, for example, is other thing. Avengers do two million and a half um, admittance, uh-huh. assistant, uh-huh. and um, Ted do a hundred. Ah, okay. So it's a big difference. In the United States, works similar, the, the numbers, right? So Ted could be uh, in dollars, it's like... Thousand no hundreds see a hundred thousand dollars and Avengers a million dollars I I don't know so how do you have a lot of people coming up to you and pitching you and saying hey I've got this movie will you distribute it since you're at a film festival obviously yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because uh, we are not so a big industry you can find like I don't know ten uh, local distributors. Uh-huh. And you start to pitch everyone and try to find the best for you. So when I'm working now, um, unbelievable, we are the second, uh, I'm, I'm exhibitor too, right? So we have uh, theaters and we are the second exhibitor in Colombia. We have 20% of the share, market share uh, behind Cine Colombia. But our theaters are in very religious um, in some small cities, right? But as a distributor, uh, we are working and we are supporting the commentaries features with very, very strong stories, but difficult to sell to the old audiences. But we are working with them because they need support and they need um, the, 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 um, the theaters to show the documentaries. So it's very... I don't know. It's not fun. It's like, no sé la palabra en inglés. <laughs> you know, not fun, does it? I mean, it seems like hard work and you yeah, are it's hard work because between I have theaters, but my people. theaters are very commercial, very popular. Yeah. Right? Of, of, but uh, my movies, when I work in, are documentaries, very small, ah. very deepest and... Um, we are working together with that. So, so it's always this conflict between commerce and art. And you're saying, you know, my theaters, they're popular, but I also have, I'm working with artists, and how to combine those two. And that's, that is probably, I think at a film festival, it is the question of any film festival. How do yeah, you do both things? It's um, because we need to make grow the audience uh-huh. and get it strong. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and I don't know the word, but it's like um, people get 
if if you offer some different things to people to audiences, people start to consume and start to get the logic to watch it. I don't know if you so so I see. So you're saying, look, you're not going to change audiences' tastes until you present those options. Until you say, here, take a look at this. This is different. Right, and that will change audiences' tastes. A long of, time. Yeah, instead of always trying to figure out what they want, you give them something they may need. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. That's we are working now. See, there's any when well, well, Royal, but it's not um, something that you can change in one month or six months. Take more time. But if you cut that process that offer different things the, all the process is going to trash right because uh, probably you start to offer that kind of documentaries or even an art house movies around the world right but then you start uh, you cut you don't um, program it more <laughs> so people say okay so I was um, I have it and now you don't offer me Where is it? So they need patience for our job and know that it's a long-term process. Patience and a long-term process. That seems to be a global piece of advice. Thank you so much. <laughs> What a pleasure. I'm going to let you eat your dessert now. No. Yeah. It's your dessert. No, God, no. I ate so much. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> We are back, and I am bothering a wonderful person at his breakfast time <laughs> because he is so accomplished and if I don't get an interview with him before I go, I'm going to be kicking myself. Matthias, tell everybody your full name. Hi, my name is Matthias Noshis. I'm um, the head of a company called Alpha Panda and we're a film marketing agency based in Berlin. And so Matthias is one of the other trainers here. He was uh, helping me, um, a woman named Deborah Rowland, to other people um, in uh, talking to the producers about their pitches and helping them refine them. But he has a certain level of expertise that I certainly don't have. So can you tell everybody a little bit about what you look for in a project and how you were steering the producers a little bit? Yeah, I mean, what we're looking for in a project that a hard question to really answer because basically we um, we're there to help. I mean, we're a film marketing agency, so we're really there to help them support their marketing and find their audience and understand what the best positioning to actually reach that audience is. And so that's exactly what we uh, what I was kind of here to do with the producers. I was kind of here to help them identify really what their objective is with the project, where they want to go. Do they want to go to festivals? Do they want to get a box office hit? Do they want, just want to get a very broad audience? You know, really clarify the objective. And then once that objective was clarified, it was really identifying who the target audience is and then what are the strengths in the project in order to kind of reach that target audience. We have the people who listen are writers. So they're at the writing stage with their project and they're, they're basically you know, starting from scratch. So if you got to talk to somebody at this point and wanted to give them one piece of advice for how to, how to approach their story, what would it be from a marketing or audience point of view? 
Well, maybe two, if I can. Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say that the first advice is maybe a little bit of a paradox coming from a marketing person, but I think at writing stage you should always get marketing out of the way. Because I've seen so many scripts and I've been asked so many times for advice of do you think this script is marketable? Is there going to be a broad audience for that? And I think that when you start asking yourself those kind of questions, should I change the gender of this character or shall I make this character more this or that, then normally you end up with this kind of flavorless soup that nobody's really interested in. So I would say during the writing stage, just write the story you want to write. Write a compelling story for yourself. And then afterwards, of course, maybe that's my, my second advice, is once you have a script, once you have a script you're happy with, it's kind of understand that obviously people who are going to go and watch the film are not people who have already seen the film, so that means they don't already know the story. So then it's identifying within the story what elements are appealing. Those are not necessarily the most appealing elements for people who have already seen the film, those are appealing elements for people who haven't seen it. And uh, therefore you need to take a little bit of distance and think, okay, maybe this character is really funny when you see the film, but before you see the film, you can't really attract the audience with that character. So you need to identify, like identifying viewer experience elements or marketing elements is really different. And you need to make the difference between these two things. You, you, you've said a couple of times in this conference you, the filmmaker or writer, is not the audience. The audience for this might be completely different. You are too inside the project to be the audience. So it has something a little bit to do with that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, of course, you can't have... I think that's a mistake that we see very often with filmmakers when it comes, for example, to creating a poster, that filmmakers want to choose the poster that they like. And I'm always telling them, well, if we agreed on saying that the target audience is 40-plus-year-old women and you are a 30-year-old man, then the poster that you like is not necessarily the most appealing to your target audience. So, you know, it's really important for filmmakers to understand that, yeah, they are not the audience, they are not the target audience. The target audience is separate from them. And that when it comes to marketing, the tastes should be taken out of the way and it's really the taste of the actual target audience that I was identified as a primary target audience that counts. Thank you so much, Matthias. Thank you very much. And for anybody who does want to know how to appeal to women 40 and over, I suggest that your poster is just a giant glass of wine. And, and we'll, we'll show up, pretty much. I'm pretty sure. Thank you. It's, it's been such a pleasure working with you. I'm going to miss you. Thank you. Thank you. Next year in Cartagena. So we are back, and this is the guy that I have been trying to get an interview with, which is really funny because I've seen you every single day at this conference because he's the person who's been helping organize the producer's event. Um, he comes and gets us. He also takes us out to restaurants and boats, and it's, it's pretty darn cool. But when he's not being fabulous and handsome... Um, <laughs> Juan Pablo is also a, pro a producer and knows everything about uh, the Colombian film market. So I wanted you to talk. Juan Pablo, can you tell everybody your full name? Uh, my name is Juan Pablo Solano. Yeah, you heard that? It sounded nice. Wait till I take a picture and you see. Anyway, so Juan Pablo, tell us first about the projects that you have specifically produced because they're very interesting and they really range uh, well, uh, my first film was uh, Speechless, or Sin Palabras, 
uh, speechless. I, I did it when I was uh, 25 years old, and uh, it was a story about a Chinese girl who gets lost in Colombia on her way to the United States, and a Colombian guy helps her to find her way back, but actually ends up uh, falling in love with her. And uh, it was a small uh, film that uh, we uh, wanted to do on that, that way because it was our first uh, effort. And uh, it was, uh, um, I think it was a good effort because we ended up premiering different film festivals. We ended up selling it to Fox. And uh, it went well in Latin America and pay television. We, we sold it again, also for free TV in Colombia. Um, then we did a documentary called Isolated about the most densely populated island in the world. Uh, that one uh, did pretty well uh, in film festivals. Uh, we premiered in the Leipzig, uh, we went to Itfa, we went to uh, Dogs DF, we went to Barso, we premiered in Barso. Uh, and also uh, we were able to sell for uh, the Colombian uh, free TV and now the, we have a sales agent working on selling it in the, in the rest of the world. Then we did in prison, uh, or Presos, which is a co-production with Costa Rica. We did the film with a filmmaker called Esteban Ramirez, which is, uh, I think, the most prominent director in Costa Rica. It was uh, his third film. And uh, in, it's the story about a girl uh, who is trapped in this uh, usual world with uh, his uh, boyfriend she's been for five years and uh, she gets a new job and she finds she ends up uh, having to answer calls for, from phone from, his, uh, from her uh, boss and one of his friends is a, a guy who's in jail so she ends up uh, starting a relationship with this guy in jail uh, she starts visiting him and she ends up falling in love with this guy in jail uh, obviously that uh, takes her into his world and uh, the trouble that means. Uh, that one uh, did pretty well in Costa Rica. It did like 100,000 admissions, uh, which is quite good, quite, quite good for a country that only has uh, like 4 million people, the entire country. So it did pretty well in Costa Rica. In Colombia, it didn't do well in the box office. Uh, I think we, we did just like 10,000 admissions or something like that. Uh, but we were able to uh, get that film uh, on Netflix and uh, for the entire world. And uh, for the U.S., we sold the rights for uh, HBO. Uh, the main character of that film, it's also, he's also uh, the main actor. He is also one of the lead actors of uh, Narcos, the, the Netflix uh, series that was shot in, in, in Colombia. So I think Netflix is uh, a relation, you know, like they, they, they want to have similar faces in the, the stuff they have. So... Uh, that uh, helped us to get the uh, the film on Netflix, and now I'm uh, I'm about to premiere a comedy. Uh, that comedy, it's an effort to be a big box office in Colombia. We planned everything from the experience we had for, from the previous three films. Uh, we said, okay, we're gonna we want to do a comedy uh, that goes well in the box office in Colombia. So we had a very small budget, but with very very uh, talented and recognized actors from the Colombian television. Uh, we had a simple story about friends and always, you know, funny things are happening. So um, for, for that one, uh, we've uh, hired, for example, uh, an advertisement agency that is working with a beer company that is also our partner to help promote the film. Okay. I have to interrupt for a second Sorry, because yeah, as we're talking, a, a toucan has, <laughs> I'm not kidding, has literally hopped up and is trying to perch on 
Juan Pablo's <laughs> People will think shoulder. that they're in the, in the middle of the jungle. They, well, actually, it, it is kind of funny that there's a toucan in the middle of the hotel. Oh my God! All right, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I'm, I'm so, I'm so, uh, I'm so Woodland Hills. What's this toucan? Okay, sorry. That's <laughs> nice. So yeah, like I was saying, uh, I think we've done like every step uh, very well thought. You know, I, we 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 want this film to be successful in Colombia, and we plan for it, and we've done every single bit of our uh, process uh, thinking about that and having in mind what we want as an objective. And uh, later we will be shooting a, a thriller that it's called uh, Submerged. And this is the story about uh, four strangers who are traveling in a handmade uh, submarine from the coast of Ecuador to uh, north of Mexico carrying 10 tons of cocaine. Uh, when we start a film, we actually start off on the, from the third day of their trip, and their mission has uh, become uh, to survive. Actually, it's a, so it's a story that we, we we want to see what happens if you put four strangers in a very uncomfortable situation like this. And uh, the director is an Ecuadorian guy called Alfredo León, and the producer. Uh, from Ecuador, our partner is uh, Sebastián Cordero, which is a very um, prominent uh, director in Latin America. He he recently directed a film for the U.S. called uh, Europa Report. It was released by Magnolia Pictures as well. And uh, we're very confident in that one, that uh, it's a, a good film that uh, could attract uh, uh, an audience uh, outside of a of our countries and hopefully will attract our audiences as well because of the general approach it has, but also the uh, very <clears throat> important cast that we've attached so far, which I can't uh, reveal uh, Ooh, at the moment. We like secrets on the show. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Later, uh, I, I'll give you the, the premise to, to, to reveal the, the cast, but we have a very, uh, very talented uh, Latin U.S. actor for the main role, which uh, helped us uh, close the deal with the uh, uh, a sales agent for uh, uh, pre-sales uh, on, on the film, which we're using, of course, to finance what we uh, are still uh, needing for to, to complete the financing for shooting the film. And uh, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> it's, it's amazing that there are so many. You would think that Juan Pablo was 50 years old, but, <laughs> but actually you've done all this in how many years' time? Uh, I'm 30. Now, uh, the first film we, we did, uh, I was 25 when we did our first film, yeah. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> you know, you seem to have a real perspective on not only the Colombian market, but how to expand your films beyond that as well. So what's, we call it the secret sauce. Okay, <laughs> what's the secret sauce? Well, I would say that uh, I watch a lot of films. Uh, that's, that's it. I've been watching films for my entire life. Uh, my dad... Uh, took me into it. I remember watching films from uh, Ingmar Bergman, Godard, and all. But at the same time, you know, uh, Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg were my favorites when I was growing up. I was when I was ten and thirteen, and I was watching all these uh, uh, amazing films uh, thanks to to my dad. You know, uh, uh, François Truffaut. But uh, I, I mixed that a lot with uh, all the big Hollywood uh, uh, films. You know, and uh, all the, the classics as well. You know. Uh, I was 13, and one of my favorite films was Casablanca, which is which is not not usual. <laughs> but uh, I think that 
mm, watching a lot of films uh, helps you to have a perspective on on where the 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 market is and what the films are trying to do to reach an, uh, to reach an audience and also um, I try to be uh, like all the time I try to to be aware of what's happening uh, I, I I recently did a, a master's uh, on uh, creative uh, and in, uh, media enterprises at Warwick in the, in the UK and uh, my entire thesis was based on how to how, how are you able to sustain a company that is uh, creating content in Latin America? You know, what, what do you need as, 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 a, as, a, as a company, uh, as your uh, structure behavior and your, um, your, your way of approaching your, 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 your work? What do you have to do? And I mean, the, the scenery is it's quite uh, complicated. It's quite tough. It, it, it gets you really depressed to see what the, the reality is. But I think that knowing that reality, knowing what's happening, knowing how hard it is and how you've lost your battle with the majors already, know that you've lost already, it helps you to actually have a plan. You know, like, okay, I lost that battle, so what do I do now? This is terrific advice. Thank you so much, Juan Pablo, and thank you so much for bringing me to the Cartagena International <laughs> Film Festival, which I love. Second year here, it's, and it's just even more beautiful than last year. Thank you very much. Now you can herd us back to wherever we were going. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a brunch now, so we have to go. And thank you for coming here for the second time. And uh, next year, well, it will be, be your third time. So <gasps> nice. Oh, it will be so great. Okay, take care. <laughs> we have an American here. What the heck? Somebody from the USA. So um, I'm going to let him introduce himself because I always screw up people's names and their introductions and also have him tell you exactly what he does and why he's here at the festival. So, go for it. How you doing? My name is Scott Feltry. I work for Magnolia Pictures where I'm the head of international sales and I'm here as a special guest at the film festival, part of the jury for the works in progress and also participated in a panel on distribution. Ooh, that sounded, that sounded so fancy. And you knew which way to turn my phone. I guess that's where the microphone is. Thanks for that. I had no idea. <laughs> um, so, so tell me a little bit more about the kind of projects that you like to acquire and what your company does with them once they get them. And I guess I don't even know if acquire is the right word. Uh, it, it is the right word. Magnolia Pictures uh, mainly acquires independent films. Um, it really ranges. We do a lot of documentaries, some cash-driven indie films, uh, some foreign language features, and then some genre projects for a uh, label we have called Magnet Releasing that does horror, action, sci-fi. And um, once we acquire a film, we release them in the U.S., either theatrically or through a day-and-date release. And on certain titles, we have world rights, which my department uh, then resells to distributors in, in other countries. Okay, on a personal level, personal level, what excites you about a story? <laughs> uh, it's a good question. Um, something that's really captivating and fresh. Um, you know, being in international sales, certainly stories that uh, transcend cultures and have universal themes. Um, for me, anything that I think is just kind of thrilling and, and something that is, you know, different than what you've normally heard. And, and um, you know, I think a lot of true stories or things based on true stories tend to be stranger than fiction and really what can pull an audience in and uh, 
and, and really impress you versus some of the, the more fictionalized stuff. And I would imagine at a market like this, the truth is coming through practically every project, and, and that's what gives it a certain appeal, certain fresh take. Uh, it certainly is. I mean, this country has a lot of great stories. They've been through, uh, you know, a lot of interesting things in their history. And I think in the, um, the stabilization period, post-violence from the FARC and, and the cartels, um, you're starting to see more and more stories that will break through um, that are, you know, different than just the, the typical Pablo Escobar story. And some really fascinating things, both positive and, and, and you know, reflective of the struggles that they went through. I'm going to let you get back to your hobnobbing. I want to let everybody know that uh, Scott has taken full advantage of Cartagena, and he has been uh, on boats and uh, salsa dancing while he is also doing very, very intense business. So thank you very much. So I am back, and I am now with one of the producers at the Producers Conference at the Cartagena International Film Festival. Just because I've been working with the producers does not mean that they are in any way unaccomplished or new. Um, and just to prove that point, I'm going to introduce you to... Felipe Morel. And tell everybody a little bit about the project that you have. Uh, yes, we have an independent Latin American film. Uh, we're doing a co-production between Colombia and Bolivia. Uh, our production company is in uh, Colombia, and uh, the director from the movie is from Bolivia, and, he, and uh, we're co-producing with another production company over there. We're shooting the film in um, April in Bolivia. It's a live-action film, um, a drama uh, with um, a futuristic tone, uh, some uh, sci-fi elements. Uh, so we'll shoot in Bolivia in April, and we'll bring the film back to Colombia in the second part of the year to do post-production and VFX. Now, all these sounds that you've been hearing throughout the podcast are the sounds of the city. So what you just heard was a motorbike going by. Uh, the last interview was interrupted by a toucan. Um, there was music in the background of somebody else when we were in the, in the square. And I kind of like it. I love that there are all the sounds of the city here. Um, the, uh, you also... Now, you don't have to, like, make noise. Come on, man. Um, but you also have experience in... Uh, you, you were at DreamWorks for a while. So, you know, this, this may be your hometown, but, you know, back, back where I'm from, you were there for quite a while. Can you tell everybody about your experience? Yeah. Well, yes. I, uh, actually, I went to school in, in L.A., a, a school called Art Center in Pasadena. In the way I grew up in, in a lot of parts of my life in, in LA. From there, I went to work for Warner Brothers, for DreamWorks, for Disney, for different several of the studios uh, in town. And worked at DreamWorks um, at some point where. Um, I think at some point I might have been um, uh, working uh, close to some of the projects that Pilar was on. Um, I was uh, I worked in some projects with Stephen and Jeffrey, like uh, Prince of Egypt and uh, El Dorado, some of the animation projects. This is fantastic. How do you feel about the Cartagena International Film Festival in general? It's amazing. It's um, actually it's the biggest uh, film festival in Colombia. 
It's one of the biggest in Latin America. Um, they have done it's quite old. I mean, we're on, on the, the 50, number 57 uh, edition, so it's 57 years. I think I believe it's the oldest one in Latin America, and um, and they've done um, they quite a good, uh, a really good job in, the, in organizing it, bringing uh, international uh, people, uh, directors for some of the movies that they're uh, premiering over here. Some of the other people are bringing for uh, the conferences and. Uh, some uh, uh, things, things like what we're doing with you guys that's very really quite interesting about the getting to producers together uh, and that is uh, helping the industry on this side in Latin America which is developing a lot I, I see it as an industry still still under a lot of development still has a long ways to go but actually these kind of things are, are what is making is giving it depth because it brings uh, experts from other parts people have had really uh, real experience in Hollywood or in Europe or other parts and it's putting together that with the projects here and it's creating some uh, really interesting uh, mix. Now if you want to point somebody in the direction of some of your other projects where would people go to see something or do you have a website? Uh, yes I have um, the website, uh, the company is Digits, uh, um, Digits Film actually and uh, it's digits.com uh, or digi I'm sorry digitsfilm.com and that's where you can see some of the films. We just produced a film last uh, finished, we wrapped a film last year, an animation film 90 minutes. Uh, it's finished. We are. We just came back from Berlin, where we closed a distribution deal with um, a, a distribution company, which will be uh, uh, distributing the company, the, the film. I'm sorry, worldwide. Thank you so much. And I'm going to let you get back to breakfast. I've taken everybody out of their meal. That's what I do. That's Thank great. you. That's great, it's been Pilar. a pleasure working it's with so you. It's so nice. It's been a real pleasure working with you, Pilar. It's been a lot of help. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> okay, now I have the pleasure of talking with one of the speakers here at the event. I just co-taught a class with him. And he is also a renowned filmmaker. He lives part-time in Rome and part-time in New York. We should all be this person. Will you please introduce yourself? Oh, that's a really... I, you should all be me. It's a really <laughs> interesting life to live. My name is Tommaso Rossellini. And, uh, yeah, I'm a filmmaker, and I live between Italy and the States. And uh, I've always worked in film, off and on, uh, because my family uh, worked in film, because my, my grandfather being Roberto Rossellini. Oh, him. Yes. And then your grandmother. And then my grandmother being Ingrid Bergman. Mm-hmm. Oh, her. Oh, her. <laughs> oh, him or her. So I've had that great fortune in life, and so, you know, sort of work on it and work off of it, but try to make your own life as well. So, uh, so at, at the festival, what is your intention in being here besides teaching the class? Um, well, I'd been to this festival before, and so I wanted to see a bit how it had changed over the years as well, and then the class was wonderful, and, and just the amount of fantastic people from all over the world, too. Yes. And the setting of this festival is really like few others. I mean, I feel that Venice and Cartagena are distinct and just the utter beauty of it all. So it actually makes the movie watching even more enjoyable. So um, tell me about your own movies. Uh -huh. What have? What's your favorite film, and also what are you working on? Mm. Yeah, Can trying it, to trying to pick a favorite, right? That's kind of Probably my. I, it's difficult to say I have a favorite movie, but a movie that I love that I can watch once a year is probably Barry Lyndon by Kubrick. 
It's one of my favorite movies. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. You misread my question. Oh. Um, what favorite film of your own? Ah, that's, that's tough. That's tough. I've only made two, so it's got to be the second one. Okay, tell us and about the second one. And it's about, it's a wonderful uh, sort of family drama that takes place in one night in one house and about an actress sort of forgotten dealing with her family and her dead husband and all the sort of comedy and drama that ensues. And you're also in the middle of production in Rome mm-hmm. uh, on another movie, and this is your first English language one, because right. the other one was in Italian yeah. because of the funding from the Italian government. Exactly. But this one you're doing with independent funds. Yes. So, yes. My first film uh, was actually my second one, but was with Fanny Ardant, so we spoke, she acted in French and Italian. So the first one was done then. This this next one I'm doing in English, but because it's my own language, and knowing a few actors that I have there, uh, we're playing with monologues, and it's the relationship between an actor, his monologue, and the city that he lives in, in this case Rome, and how history and the present time affect each other. Oh, one of those. Yes. You know, no, no, it's, it just sounds really, really cool. Yeah. And it's very and inventive, you know? Yes. I mean, it's not something that everybody comes up with. It just makes you want to see it and, and figure out how he's, ex- how he's combining those two worlds. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds difficult. And it is difficult. There's nothing easy about it. But I feel like when you find people that inspire you to write and inspire you to, to want to write better and shoot and spend a day shooting together then it actually makes the process easier and there's this great thing called editing too so you shoot a lot and then you edit down to only the really good stuff and if you can be content with what you have then you hope that others are too now getting back just a hair to the legacy in which you were born right Uh, this legacy of film filmmaking roberto rossellini and and ingrid bergman and is you do have a unique perspective that other filmmakers don't have what was passed down to you that you would like to share from your grandparents? Mm. Well, my grandfather would be the first to say, be humble. You're not given anything, work for it. And the moment you lose that, you've lost the fight and you've lost the way people perceive you. Because unfortunately, for better or for worse, a lot of cinema is how people perceive you within a very small industry. So he was a very humble guy who loved his work. He didn't consider himself an artist. He hated artistry. He considered himself a craftsman, like a, a journalist. And so he had a very interesting perspective on cinema. My grandmother was just this incredible actress driven by acting, you know, like someone like Meryl Streep today, who was so grateful for the luck she had had, the chance she had had. And she knew that, and she spoke five languages. And so she was very industrious and, and very driven. And obviously she loved her family, but she was one of those people that her prime passion in life was her work. And so they would both say, find a way to be happy and find some security too, because not everyone can be a, a great director, a great actress. They had that luck and they understood that. It's what you do with the luck you have. So, so there's this sense of play that comes about whenever you talk about filmmaking, whenever you talk about them, you just, there's joy that comes out. Yeah. So this is, so... It's funny because, you know, we have a lot of working writers and filmmakers on the, on the show, and many of them sort of stress the hard work, and it's a business, but you just seem to be having a great time. Yeah, you have to. You have to have a great time because it can also be very difficult, and it, for them it was very difficult. That's not like it was always easy. I feel like if you can do 
more than half of what you want to do in life, you lived a good life, right? So you got to sometimes step aside. And that's actually something I learned a lot from my aunt Isabella, who was a model and an actress as well. She always said, you know, the moments in this industry are fleeting. And so you should appreciate the collaborations you make and the moments you, you can share. Because it's such a wonderful way of seeing the world, too. Well, it's been fun sharing this with you. Totally. To, um, point people in the direction of a movie uh, that they can see of yours or a way of getting mm-hmm. it. So uh, you could see, I have two films of mine, La Pacificazione, which is the, uh, the peaceful intent, and Interno Giorno, which is the uh, interior day. And you can both find them online, and you can actually buy uh, DVDs of, of Interno Giorno that can be downloaded as well, uh, because we have a distribution deal. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, the second one is, I think, a more robust film than the first. Um, and I've got some really great actors in it, too, like Fanny Alda and Anita Capioli, who are wonderful stars in, in Europe. So it was, a, it was a pleasure working with them, too. Well, I'm going to download when, when I get home totally. and get a glass of red wine out. This and, sounds good. Yeah? Can I come? Sure, sure. Okay. okay. Thank you so much, Tomas. I really, really appreciate it. So that was the Cartagena International Film Festival. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. For me, it was so interesting working over there and meeting with such talented people. If you decide to go, I believe that the festival will take place again first or second week in March in 2018. You should definitely check it out. And of course, if you go, you will be treated to incredible scenery and really good food and some artful movies and of course, some wildly talented people people. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Have a good writing week.